0: Hello everyone and welcome to Minute 62 of Season 5 of Movie Our Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1990 Bushwells action flick Die Hard 2 Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob and joining me once again is Nick Rehack of Lyrical Innuendo and a whole bunch of other things. Welcome back to the show, Nick. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. Well, you did a nice job yesterday, so I figured I'll let you. I'll I'll give you another shot. That's very kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> what? That's what friends are for, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's true. So, minute 62 begins with Holly discussing men's body odors, and ends with Thornburg professing his love for Victor. So, yesterday, we we ended things with uh, Thornburg somehow standing in front of Holly and, you know, the, the old woman next to her. And Holly started saying to him, uh, "Do you think you might consider?" And you know, the, the minute got got stopped. And so today we can we can actually hear what happens. She goes, "Do you think you might consider switching aftershaves?" <laughs> so I, she she's a bit snippy with what she's saying here, but I I think I think it's well deserved because he really shouldn't be where he is. No. You know, the the he's he's definitely overstepping uh, personal boundaries here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and you think that with the antagonistic uh, way that that he and Holly have been, you know, at each other throughout this plane ride so far, or throughout the parts of the plane ride that they've shown us, don't you think it would have made more sense for him to go to someone else's window?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And maybe he can, you know, stroke his ego, introduce himself and be like, hi, this is who I am. This is what I do. Oh, just let me take a peek real quick. And not only that, I mean, the stewardesses and the flight attendants, they don't care for him either. So you think they would have stepped in and been like, you need to get to your seat or like even an air marshal step in and like, sir, I
0: need you to return to your seat. Something like that. I, I agree with you, but nobody does. It's it's Richard Thornburg. You can't do anything about him, I guess. It's true. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> and I I think he takes her seriously when she's when she says that that you might consider switching out the because then he just looks at her and goes anything else, and then she turns to him and goes stronger mouthwash might be nice also. <laughs> <laughs> I mean there there there's some nice jabs at him, meaning that you 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 think that someone like Thornburg would actually. You know, uh, take more control of of his hygiene. Oh, absolutely. So you think that, or
1: you think he'd already have
0: some kind of I don't want
1: to say makeup, but like some kind of powder to take off the shine or something like that. And I'm I'm kind of surprised that he doesn't like quip back at her or kind of jab at her. And I wonder if maybe there's like a little bit of an internal realization of like, okay, I deserve that, even though earlier in the film he talks about how he was humiliated by her.
0: That's right. He's humiliated by her and doesn't want to be anywhere near her, but he's willing to go look out the window in front of her. <laughs> so, exactly. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Something doesn't make sense there, you know, with the with, with the way that 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 he does that. But I mean, mm. I guess there there's also the fact that he's been on a plane for for five hours plus, so maybe that's part of it. It's you know, true. Maybe you know, maybe he's sweating because of that, and therefore. You know, she, she smells a little bit of the B.O. instead of his aftershave or mouthwash.
1: I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's possible, especially if they've been up there for a while. You know,
0: and, and he was complaining that he couldn't get the first class meal. So I guess he was just eating the the uh, economy meal and, and didn't brush his teeth afterwards. And that's why she wants him to use stronger mouthwash, maybe.
1: Yeah, just snacking down a whole lot of peanuts and free Diet Cokes.
0: That's right. <laughs> Because <laughs> back then you could, yeah, yeah, you know, unlike today.
1: <laughs> no, you can't even smoke on planes anymore. What, what's that about?
0: Well, I don't, I don't know if you were able to smoke. I don't think you were able to smoke in 1990 either. But <laughs> nah, I was very too young to smoke. Um, yeah. Have you, have you, have you ever been on a plane that you remember that people were smoking? No, no, never. The first time
1: I was on a plane was 1990. Ninety eight or ninety
0: nine, somewhere in there. First time on a plane, and I didn't see anybody smoking. No, that, then they couldn't. That was the front. So in, in the eighties, I do remember. In the seventies and eighties, when when I was on a plane as a kid, I do remember people smoking. You know, and the and the whole idea of a smoking section just always makes me laugh because you know the smoke from behind has nowhere to go but forward. So it doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't it matter, matter, made. <laughs> it Doesn't matter where you're sitting, you're you're gonna smell the the smoke
1: yeah absolutely it never it, it never made sense to me now i can remember smoking sections in restaurants but they were literally cordoned off they had like a wall and they had their own space and everything but i mean on a plane it never made sense to me
0: yeah
1: not like you can open a window and let the smoke out
0: <laughs> right <laughs> that's true so what do you know about aftershave i mean i know I you have a beard, beard i was so that's the thing
1: i've had a i've i So I've been with my wife nine years now, married for three, together for six. And she has never seen me without a beard. The last time I shaved my face completely was November 2010. Wow. So, yeah, I have zero history with aftershave.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. nothing. That makes sense. (laughs) So aftershave is a product that is applied to skin after shaving. It's usually some sort of alcohol-based liquid which you can splash on or it's sometimes a lotion gel and sometimes even like a paste type of thing. Um, it usually okay. usually contains some sort of antiseptic agent that it will try to prevent infections of cuts. And, uh, you know, it's, suppo- it's supposed to act as an astrogent in order to reduce uh, skin irritation and stuff like that. Uh, sometimes there's menthol in it in order to help numb irritated skin. You know, like I don't, I don't I personally don't like putting on aftershave or or cologne, but sometimes I will put it on and you can definitely feel the difference. You, know, you feel that that it is doing something, you know, what exactly it's doing from the alcohol. I don't know. But uh,
1: I would have thought that if there's alcohol and even menthol, wouldn't it dry out the skin? Wouldn't you want something a little more like lotion or moisture to kind of like keep the. Skin fresh?
0: I don't know. Yeah, no, I I understand what you're saying, but I think the idea is more to soothe the skin at the same time, and also just still give some sort of uh, nice uh, fragrant uh, smell. Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. All right, what about mouthwash? What do you know about mouthwash?
1: Mouthwash? Or are you gonna weird. tell me? Are you, you gonna tell me you
0: haven't since you haven't shaved since 2010? You don't know about any <laughs> mouthwash. <laughs> I haven't brushed since 2010
1: either. Thank so, <laughs> Um I I use mouthwash, but I use it before I go to bed. I don't use it before I go out to the day and do whatever I got to do. Which I don't. I mean, I guess in my mind, like overnight, I'm killing germs, like in addition to the brushing. But I don't. Uh, I don't mouthwash before I leave the house. It's weird.
0: Okay. No, I, I do the same thing. So yeah. So it's it's a, a mouthwash is also known as either mouth rinse, oral rinse, or mouth bath. And it's uh, a liquid that is okay. usually held in the mouth or swirled around in the mouth, and sometimes it's gargled. You know, you might tilt your head backwards and and let, let it bubble in the back of your throat. And it usually has some sort of antiseptic solution that tries to get rid of uh, um, the microbial, uh, basically bad smell <laughs> in in your you know in your mouth. Um, Fair sometimes. enough. Yeah. Uh, sometimes uh, people use it for saliva substitutes to neutralize acid and keep the mouth moist. Huh. Yeah.
1: Okay. Didn't see that one coming, but okay, I could see it.
0: Yeah. And uh, basically, the uh, the the reason people gargle is to to keep it, you know, to 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 get it to go as far back in the mouth as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea is to try to, to, to get to those uh, far reaching parts of, of the throat, I guess you can say.
1: Okay. I, okay.
0: Yeah. Now, what do you know about drinking? Can you drink mouthwash? What do you think? I'm going to say no. I think
1: just because, I mean, I'm sure you can, but not copious amounts of it. I mean, yeah, there's some. I think there's like a teensy bit of alcohol or something in there. And that could like kind of, I'm not saying get you buzzed or whatever, but it's not going to be enough to really kind of get you in that mindset. Uh, I just think it's too strong and intense to really like drink
0: it. Right. So, I mean, you can drink a little bit of it, but if you drink too much of it, it it is because it has a high alcohol content and other harmful substances, it can cause uh, serious harm or even death. And it is a common cause of death among. Yikes. It's a common cause of death of among homeless people who during the winter months will 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 drink mouthwash because it makes them feel warmer
1: i was I was not expecting that, okay <laughs> yeah,
0: so you shouldn't okay. you shouldn't uh, you know <laughs> drink mouthwash I won't, won't ever do it I promise <laughs> that's right. And you know, then the the, the scene changes, and we're, we're we're back in the the lair of the bad guys. You know, we we see the computers, uh, you know, computing and making all the the sound. I mean, we'll, we'll we're we're not going to talk again about where do they get all this equipment because we we have no idea where they where they were able to get this equipment, uh, you know, on sale, and you know how they could all quickly learn how to use it. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> Not, not really sure, <laughs> but yeah, just luck, a whole lot of luck. That's right. <laughs> and I, I, first of all, love the way they do this scene because you have two things going on at the same time. You have Garber talking to Stuart, but you also can hear the radio in the background or the TV, um, basically. Mm-hmm. So it it like intercuts between them. So first you hear from the TV and hear Sam Coleman reporting live from the site. And then Garber turns to to Stuart and says, well, Colonel, they've done everything we've anticipated. We go back to the TV and we hear uh, Sam Coleman say, but still there has been no official word from authorities. Meanwhile, despite the fact that only one runway has been closed due to the tragedy, several dozen airlines are visible from where I stand, endlessly circling the field. Other reports say that there was trouble in the tower before the crash, and that, they, that may have contributed to it. One thing is certain, with weather conditions worsening, the problem here and in the sky above us will continue to grow. I'm Samantha Coleman at Dulles International Airport. So she actually said some interesting things, but as she's talking, you know, we see her on the screen, but we also can see that Stuart... You know, he had taken that little piece of plastic that had the Windsor 114 information on it and, you know, the info slide. Mm-hmm. And as she's talking, he, like, crumbles it up in his hand and then, like, throws it away to basically say, okay, you know, this plane is, is gone. We don't have to worry about that anymore. But, you know, the, 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 it's interesting, the, the report that she's giving here, because it makes no sense. She says there's no official word. So why does she know that only one runway has been closed? I mean, wouldn't they notice that there are no lights on around the air, the the runways and that therefore there are no planes landing anywhere, not just that one air, uh that one runway?
1: See, the scene always felt out of place to me because we know this information, the characters all know this information. You know, what I mean everybody except for those in the planes obviously. But everybody knows what's going on, so why does the audience have to go through this again? And to your point of her, like how did she get that information, I can see if there's a moment where we can kind of see her in the background with like a pad of paper and a pencil, like jotting some stuff down and then leaving, going, okay, she's got her information. And then we find out that she's you know, going on the air with this information. But we don't get that. She's just on the air and talking about it. And again, I just – I don't know who it's for. Because, again, everybody that's involved in the situation knows what's going on. And so does the audience. So it feels like a, a moot point.
0: Well, I think maybe they're trying to tell um, Stuart what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, to, to show that, you know, that I mean, they're trying to show the cast also. I mean, even in the report, she's basically saying we know nothing. You know, I love the fact, though, that she says that, there, that you could, she can could see several dozen planes in the sky. Okay, now, how, how many planes, and I don't have an answer to this, but we'll get an answer to it later in the week. But how many planes do you think are in Dulles' pattern at this point? I mean, whatever it is, it's minus one, that we know. But but how many planes are in a general I mean, pla- pattern? I mean, for her to say several dozen airlines, you know, several dozen means at least 36 airlines.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I, I'm I'm willing to believe that there is that amount, if not more, because there is a scene in the film, and I can't remember if it's before this point or after this point, where they say, all right, go ahead and change the marquees, and all of a sudden all of these flights start going delayed, 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 and there's a lot of flights on there. Like it's not just a handful of them. It's like screens worth, so yes. I can absolutely
0: that – was, that was get why she says there's a lot. I think that was – we, we talked about yeah, that two okay, weeks good. ago. Yeah. Yeah, but, but uh, three dozen, uh, you know, having at least three dozen, I don't know. Sounds a little strange. But we will get an answer to that later this week. Um, I think on Friday. Okay. All right. You know, once again, keep listening every day and you'll be able to hear the answer on Friday when, when we get there. <laughs> no, but also the fact that she says that there was trouble in the tower. You know, the reports, she was in the tower, so she knows they're trouble. You know, she's actually, she's part of the trouble that was in the tower. That's true. You know, because they, they got angry at her that she wasn't supposed to be there. You know. Which
1: how she even got up there.
0: That's Someone's right. dropping the ball. That's right. So I, I don't know. I mean, the the the, the way that, that, that that's delivered is just a little and, and also how is she so close to the crash area? You yeah. know. <laughs> Yeah. How is she? It's like, shouldn't it be roped off and everything you think they would
1: learn from the first time with McLean going on about, you know, this needs to be roped off and, you know, crime scene and everything. And here she is just standing like literally right next to it. She can get bumped or hit at any moment by something. That's right.
0: She's she's standing next to like the the emergency, uh, you know, the, the emergency vehicles. You see a helicopter behind her. You see the burning airplane behind her. She's pretty damn close. She's, I yeah she's very unsafe very yes.
1: impractical and very that's
0: unsafe. true that's true and again if she's that close wouldn't she notice that there are no other runways with lights <laughs> back to my earlier thing
1: that's also true. you know <laughs> yeah
0: she somehow got all the way out there okay she she got permission to to go there I don't know who she's gonna get permission from but she got permission all right so let's say she got permission and that she's able to be there but she had to walk all the way out there, or drive out there on in in the news van, which probably cannot drive on the runways, especially since there's only run, one runway closed. So therefore, you know, having civilian uh, cars or trucks driving around there is pretty dangerous too.
1: Yeah, especially I mean, yeah, she's lit up by you know the light and the camera and everything, but still, that's not such a bright light where you'd be able to avoid her until like a last
0: minute kind of thing. That's you right. Know? I don't know. Very strange, very strange, uh, but but again, the report, the report is interesting because it gives us a little bit of information as to what she knows or what she thinks she knows, because again, it, it's not that you know some of the things she's saying here is pure speculation,
1: which I mean I, I, I get how it's speculation, but she's also kind of there, so she knows firsthand that you know this is what's going on,
0: one plus one is going to equal two, you know right That's true. No, because she's also talking about the weather, you know, the weather get worsening. So therefore, it's going to be problems, you know, so I don't know. But the, also the fact that she can see the planes at night, you know, circling around, you know, is she, is she and her cameraman sitting there saying, OK, let's count how many planes are up there. And they, they say, wow, there's more than 36 up there. What do you know? And how would they know? Cause, I mean, how would they know at... if they weren't, uh, you know, recounting the same airplane that's going in circles? I... I was just about to say that because there's only so many different colored lights up there flashing around. Like, <laughs> are you really going to know? It's it's like counting sheep. You know, they they all look the same. So you, you <laughs> hope it's the same one as opposed to just like them going in a circular pattern. <laughs> and with them counting,
1: how do they not fall asleep? I sometimes if I can't sleep, I just start counting and then eventually I'm just gone. So if I'm looking up at the sky, dark out. And I'm just counting one, two, three. Uh, Sooner or later, I'm just <laughs> snoring, and that's the ball game. Then Nick would be giving a great report. <laughs> <laughs> just half asleep on camera, just yawning. Oh, it's Nick with action news.
0: There's, 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 there's <laughs> at least five. <laughs> there's at least five planes up there. I couldn't count higher than that. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I only really had so many fingers on one hand. I don't know what to tell that's
0: you. Guys. Right. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the 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 scene changes, and we we see a curtain on an airplane getting drawn backwards, and then we see uh, Thornburg walking back uh, uh, on the airplane. You can see that he's apparently close to the tail end of the airplane, which I find interesting. That usually the curtain is what you know separates first class from the rest of the airplane, but apparently you know on this plane, it's every single area is. Is cut off, you know, by the curtains. And mm. and the truth is, these seats, even if this is the economy, they look pretty, pretty comfortable, also. Yeah, super comfortable. Again, what airline is this? I'm sure it's <laughs> make believe yes.
1: for the but what airline is this where I can have like just relaxing lighting, plenty of leg room, nice people, assumedly, except for you know Dick walking around.
0: Like just what a, what a dream. Yeah. And and think about it, there also aren't that many rows here. I mean, he walks back six rows to meet this other guy, and there's another three rows behind him. So you have a total of 10 rows in this entire area of the cabin, which isn't very much.
1: No, it would be, if it's any other flight, there'd be like 20. Probably.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what I would guess, too. So I don't know. but he, he So he then uh, stoops down next to uh, someone else. And he starts, talk, he, he wakes him up, actually, or disturbs him. He goes, Victor, Victor, Victor. Now, Victor is played by an actor named Rob Steinberg, who has 70 IMDb credits, but none of them really stand out. They're they're mostly small parts, uh, if not if not entirely. This was the second movie that he was in. He was in a few TV shows before this also, but it was only the second movie that he was in. But his part is pretty small here. He's in this scene, and we're going to... Get him in a few weeks again. I think a week from now or two weeks. So yeah,
1: it's small but important yes. at the same time. Yes,
0: definitely is. And we will definitely have a lot to say about him tomorrow. But but so their conversation after mm-hmm. he's more or less disturbed by uh, by by Thornburg. So he goes, "Yeah, what's up?" And he goes, "Did you pack the radio mics from the shoot, or did you put them in your carry-on?" So are you crazy? I wouldn't let those <laughs> check them in. He goes, I love you. <laughs> and, you know, it's just very strange. That this, this is like a very strange type of conversation for them to be having. You know, but, but it also goes to show the, the class difference between Thornburg, you know, and his uh, sound guy, because, you know, his sound guy is, is sitting all the way in the back of the plane, and Thornburg is supposed to be in, in first class.
1: And if he really loves him, wouldn't he have him up first class with them?
0: Well, he doesn't pay for it. You know, it's the. That's true. That's true. You know, I would would think that it's, uh, you know, being used from from, uh, you know, it's being paid for by 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 the network. So the network's not going to say, oh, well, we're going to let the sound guy also there. You know, it's the idea of of catering to the talent. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Okay, I can see that you know so i guess i'm
1: just a little more optimistic for the background guys right.
0: <laughs> yeah that's true i mean i'm i'm not much of a, a sound guy but you know the, when you say radio mics is it, you think he's referring to just microphones that are connected to the radio or is it something else because you know we're only going to get into tomorrow what they actually need to do here but but there's no reason for a radio mic a microphone
1: Unless you're trying to tap into a police or fire or emergency service type signal. So when you hear about something that's happening, a fire or, you know, gunshots, wherever, you can immediately get to that site where it is, be the first on the scene in order to report about but it. But
0: why do you need a radio mic for
1: that? Is it radio mic a microphone? Unless it's a combination where you can get radio signal and record to it. I'm not sure now that you talk about hmm. it. I'm not sure. I guess I just kind of accepted it with a lot of the other uh inconsistencies and kept going. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All
0: right, that's fine. It that makes sense. No, I was I was just curious to know what it means. It could just be you know something they throw out there and it's not it's not real. Yeah. Or maybe he doesn't know what he's talking about
1: and the guy knows what he means through you know slang or uh, whatever, but he's like, "Oh, it really gets a this," but he calls a radio mic, so like I get it.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. All right. Yeah. Not yeah, Victor's him feel, like you know, I don't want to say dumb, Victor's like, but yeah, he's he's calling he's he's calling my receiver a Mike, but all right, he's an idiot, so that's fine, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, then that, mm-hmm. that actually much. makes sense. Mm-hmm. That actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so, you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script? Only other comment I had is just how breathy he
1: says, "I love that's you." That's right. Just, I love you. That's right. It was it was so much. I'm like, okay, pal,
0: ease <laughs> up some. Yes. It was, uh, well, no one else, I guess will will love Thunberg as much. So why not? <laughs> so, so in the script, the, the Samantha Coleman's report and the, you know, us being back in, in the, uh, the source lair happens, you know, two pages before this, before, before this scene, uh, before this minute takes place, even, you know, it was something that was just thrown in. So it says, uh, you know, in the silence since the crash, no sounds here, except the faint monitoring of the tower and the aircraft chatter and the muted audio of the t- of a TV, Garber breaks the silence. Sir, they've done everything we've anticipated so far. Stewart smiles tightly at the unvoiced question. Don't worry, Captain. If this goes into extra innings, we'll just call in our men in the other team's locker room. And almost an afterthought, he wipes the flight number from the clear glass board. Camera pushes to the television. On the screen, Sam, Sam Coleman is on, is on the camera, live, supered over her face. She's outside in, on the airfield, her news helicopter beside her. In the distance behind barricades, we see the crash site. Hundreds of people in the terminal heard and saw the crash, but still there's been no official word from authorities. Meanwhile, despite the fact that only one runway has been closed due to the tragedy, several dozen airliners are visible from where I stand, endlessly circling the field, Rumors around that somehow the accident has interfered with normal land landing procedures here. Other reports say that there were difficulties in the tower before the crash, and that they may have even contributed to it. One thing is certain, with weather conditionings worsening, the problem here in the sky above us will continue to grow. Samantha Omen at Dulles International Airport. So, again, I like it better the way they cut it in the movie. I think that works uh, much better. And then... Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. Then later on, we have, you know, the conversation between Holly and Thornburg. And she says, uh, you know, if you're going to keep getting this close, do you think you could change aftershaves? And then it says, Thornburg, dryly, anything else? Stronger mouthwash would be next, too. He glares at her and then moves down the aisle. With him, he goes to the coach section, moves to the row with his news crew. He shakes a sleeping assistant awake. Victor, Victor. Uh, Yeah, what? Did you pack the radio mics from the chute or put them in your carry on? Are you crazy? I wouldn't let those <laughs> check them. I love you. So again, it flows much better in the movie. There's not much of a difference here, but, but mm-hmm. it still flows much better. So every Tuesday we have a segment called disaster Tuesday, where what I've decided to do is every week I talk about a different plane crash disaster that has happened uh, over the course of the years, and I usually try and find something that is somehow uh, connected to my guest, whether it's geographically or or some other uh, reason of how it can be some uh, connected to the person. So, as as everyone who knows Nick knows, Nick is a huge music fan. So I decided to talk about a plane crash that is, involves uh, musicians, which unfortunately there are a lot of them. But I I decided to go with one that happened in 1977. You have any any clue what what you think I might be talking about, Nick? The only one I could guess is Leonard Skinner. And you would be correct.
1: Yes. I mean, not yeah? yes. I'm excited, but you know what I mean. Like no. I'm glad that
0: I got it correct. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Do you do you know anything? What do, what do you know about the the, the crash? Do you know anything I you know- have about it? I um, I grew up on Leonard Skinner. My
1: father is a huge Skinner fan, so I've listened to their music inside and out. I do know that uh, it was after a gig, and there was a discussion slash argument about who was riding on the bus, who was riding on the plane. I know the last couple words exchanged: were, I hope your plane crashes, I hope your bus crashes." Just usual, like you just mad at somebody, and and the plane crashed, and then a week later or a couple days later. Um, there was an album that came out called street survivors and it's all the members standing in front of like a flaming, uh, I don't know if it's a car or what, but just standing in front of flames and it got pulled and it switched out with some different artwork, but it was just really, really creepy how like that's what came after it. Okay.
0: Well, first of all, I, I want to correct you a little bit. The, the Please do. street survivors came out three days before the plane crashed. Okay. It didn't, come, so... didn't come out after it came out before. Um, they were performing in uh, Greenville, South Carolina, and they got on a plane to to Baton Rouge. It was a private plane that they that they uh, chartered. And do you know what do you know what happened with the plane? Like, why did do you know why it crashed? Uh, I feel like
1: it's the same way for like Otis Redding or Steve Ray Vaughan. It was I would say weather, and they just got mixed up and thought they were one place. They were something else, and then it uh, it.
0: All, I don't want to, it just went awry. Um well, they ran out of fuel. Huh. They didn't have enough they didn't have enough gas.
1: Okay, okay, I was not expecting that one, but okay.
0: yeah. and uh, the the pilots tried making a crash landing in an open field, and what what happened was is uh, you know there there were there were actually twenty people who survived, but there was uh, a a bunch of people that that were uh, that were killed in the crash. So the lead vocalist, uh, Ronnie Van, Van Zant, uh, mm-hmm. guitarist, Steve Gaines, uh, backup vocalist, Cassie Gaines, who was Steve's older sister, uh, the sister road manager, Dean Kilpatrick, the captain and first officer, Walter McCreary and William John Gray. They all died uh, in the crash and 20 other people survived. You know that they, they had a movie uh, about this a few years ago. Really? That, that tells the whole story of everything that happened. Yeah. Um, I, I, I actually I saw that. the movie. It was, it was it was an interesting movie.
1: Okay. Um, was it like a documentary docudrama? No, 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 no. It was
0: it was a, it's, a it's a It's a drama about what happened. Interesting. Okay. And unfortunately, you know the, the the plane crash. I mean, some of the some of the injuries to some of the people was just like crazy. Like someone one of the guys had his nose ripped off in the. Oh my you know, gosh. In, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it was nearly turned off. Sorry um oh, because he still. got facial laceration, lacerations stuff like it because basically the the plane hit a tree and broke apart mm. you know it's just uh yeah no it's it's uh it's 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 pretty sad <laughs> that uh, this type of thing happened I mean especially since they just didn't plan well enough because they didn't have enough uh fuel which one you know, would I wonder, think that's
1: like one of the first things you check, if not the first thing you check. Yeah. Oh. No.
0: I mean, the, the name of the movie is Street Survivors, the true story of the Leonard Skinner plane crash. And it came out in 2017.
1: I'll have to look for that then.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it, ah, sorry. No, in, in 2017, they actually the, – the, the surviving members of the band and family members of, of those who were killed tried to block the making of this movie. The movie I think only came out in 2020.
1: Okay, that um, un, understandably so. I mean, I'm sure no one wants to see that or relive it, re, re, relive it any, because that's just it's horrible.
0: Yeah, it really is. Unfortunately, just talking about this makes me want to see the movie again. Um, I, I didn't think the movie was great, but it, it you, you know, know. <laughs> but still, you know, the looking at it again to see what. Uh, you know see see what actually happened according to the movie you know i don't yeah. I, we as yeah. we know it's probably not going to be 100% accurate either but still right you know still, like uh, where are those artistic liberties you know right exactly and how you know i don't know so yeah anyone anyone can go to my website you'll probably see that i'll have a second uh, review of this by, by the time this came out <laughs> Because that's just who I am. Uh, <laughs> so basically, the engines uh, conked out because there was no, there wasn't enough fuel, mm. and you know there, there was so, there was an explosion with with one of the engines that was on fire. Jeez. So that's yeah,
1: that's one of the reasons my father doesn't like to fly. He liked Buddy Holly, died in a plane crash. Loves Leonard Skinner, died in a plane crash. Stevie Ray Vaughan, died. I think he was a helicopter crash, but still, like all of his favorite. Stevie Ray Vaughan was a helicopter crash. We talked about that a
0: few weeks ago. Yeah. All.
1: Ah, see? Just, oh, that's such a bummer.
0: Yeah, it really is. All right, so you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Absolutely. You can find me on
1: Instagram under the name at That Rehack. Uh, you can also find me over on Exploding Helicopter, the podcast hosted by Will Slater, where he takes a look at films that feature an exploding helicopter. I've been on a myriad of episodes lately. Uh, so just head over to the site, start searching, and you will absolutely find me.
0: All right. Very cool. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for "Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook, find me on Twitter, or you can find me on my website, moveronminute.com. So until tomorrow, yippee kaye. Yippee kaye. If
1: you're fond of sand dunes
0: and salty air. Quaint little villages here and